This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. Happy Friday to everybody. Beautiful day outside. Almost kind of warm, sunny. Perfect way to go into a weekend. I hope everybody's having a great day out there. we got a big show coming your way. Lofa Tatupu, Dave Wyman's favorite Seahawk of all time, will join us at 3 o'clock today. And then we'll uh, roll the tape at 3.30. we got our buddy Big Ray Roberts joining us at 4 o'clock. We'll do best of the rest at 5. And then Mean Tex coming up at 5.45 today. So go ahead and get started if you wish. Just be creative at 866 866- 979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. And let's see this week uh, for Mean Text if, you know, we just read each text once. <laughs> that is always important. That's the key. <laughs> Unless it's really good, you can read it twice yeah. just to just to get it That's kind of what I was going for, just an emphasis there uh, last week. <laughs> Treat it as new. Uh, um, I'm sad to see Chubbs Peterson that's, passed away, man. Was that his last name in there? Yeah, I never Chubb. I just nobody ever said his last name, but yeah. Chubbs was uh, Happy Gilmore's coach and Carl, Carl Weathers. Weathers. Yeah, I knew he he was a linebacker for the for the Raiders, and I don't remember if I saw it or you know I saw some highlights or something. But yeah, that's that's too bad. He was in Predator too. He's been some good ones. He was man. he was Action Jackson. He was in Arrested Development. He did all kinds of stuff, man. Yeah. He was in he was in some Star Wars. Yeah, he was in The Mandalorian the last couple seasons. Really good. Yeah, did he? Was he a main character? He was. Yeah, okay. Grief Karga. You know he had a big impact when it touches all of our worlds. Yeah, and Carl Weathers relates to all of us, Sports, all four of us. And then you know the nerd alert. That's there. a good point. He so. was some kind of football guy, but more importantly, he was Grief Karga, <laughs> and that's really sad. Some kind of football guy. Yeah, seventy-six years old died, uh, according to this statement, peacefully in his sleep. So I don't know if he was dealing with anything or if this was a surprise, but. When I lived in, in L.A., I lived in Marina Del Rey, and I used to go to Gold's Gym in Venice, and the, all the celebrities would be in there working out. He was in there every day. I would see him. And he was he was always on the – there's a machine you can sit on that stretches your your uh, your legs, you know, like – Your groin. Do, yeah, your area. groin area. is doing like the splits almost. Yeah. He would just sit on that thing reading the paper. Huh. <laughs> I just see him every day. He's just there with a newspaper on that thing just stretching. Yeah. Him and Jimmy Walker on the on the on the uh, treadmill with giant headphones that had an antenna on them. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who was somebody like I met this actress one time, and like when you see her in person, you're like, okay, you can see why she's just different than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. You know her, she's beautiful, all this stuff. Did you ever see anybody where you're like, oh, they they must be in makeup a long time, or you see people that are like, okay, you can see why this person yeah. is on television. Well, I saw Kim Kardashian in there when she was dating Reggie Bush at the time. Uh, and she had no makeup on, and her skin wasn't in good shape that day. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That, that was. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she was, she was fantastic. No, she and... was surprisingly small, though. She's a very yeah. petite person considering how she looks in pictures. But, yeah, I saw her in there. I saw uh, Jamie Gertz and Virginia Madsen were in there all the time. Mm-hmm. They they were, and they, at that time, they were still considered older, and probably early forties at that point. But yeah. they were they looked 
fantastic. Ted Danson was in there all the time. He looked fantastic, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, Carl Weathers. It was it was funny how you know that like literally that place would be packed with people. Who'd be like, oh, there's that guy. There's that guy. Nobody ever bothered him. The mm-hmm. only person I ever saw anybody walk up to and ask for a picture was Hulk Hogan, of all people. Wow. Yeah, I see John Cena in there. I see Stone Cold Steve Austin and all these people. Lou Ferrigno's in there every day. But nobody ever approached him. I never saw anybody, you know, that they didn't know go up and, hey, great to meet you. The only one was Hulk Hogan, of all people. So somebody would walk right past Ted Danson oh, yeah. or, or Kardashian yeah. and yeah. go right up to the Hulk. Yeah, I'd see Sean Merriman in there. I saw the the, the Conseco brothers, Jose uh, and Ozzy, would yeah. be in there. I saw Dice Clay would be in there. Yeah, it was it was a... I was in there going, oh, my God. And everybody else was like, yeah, they're in here all the time. Meanwhile, those people are somewhere going, yeah, I used to see Bob Stelton. That's in exactly there all right. The time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal Lyman for them. Bob shows, kind of a big deal <laughs> up here in Seattle. Yeah, but sad, sad news the passing of Carl Weathers, who uh, everybody loved Carl Weathers. So yeah. very sad news. Meanwhile, uh, the, the uh, head coaching job out here has been filled. It's a huge topic. Everybody now wondering what they're going to do with the, with the, uh, coordinators and coaches on down the line, and we'll find out about that. But we were talking about some of the challenges Mike McDonald is a first-time head coach. First time he's going to, you know, he's going to get into a lot of the unknown territory out there and see how he handles it. But we had a great conversation with Gary Kubiak, and, and he talked about some of the challenges of going from just being a coordinator, just being responsible for that one side of the ball to being the man in charge of everything. It's a huge jump. I mean, it's the most significant jump you can make. Uh, you know, it's that old saying, nobody's really ever totally ready for that job, you know, until you get in there and get get your feet wet and get going. But I think what happens in the coaching search, what you see going on in the NFL, there's always names that are brought up. This guy's going to get a job. That guy's going to get a job. And then when people start interviewing, all of a sudden there are a couple of other guys that step to the forefront because once you get them in a room, you're just so impressed with their vision for what they want to do. And, uh, you know, those things happen when you go going through all these interview process. So, you know, he obviously has done a tremendous job in his interviews. I've, I've talked to a few people that have been a part of him. He has a tremendous vision for what he wants to do and how he wants to go about it. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the fact that he's coming out of that program gives him a chance to be successful very quickly. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I just texted Gary Kubiak because we didn't even ask him about his sons. And today we find out his son, was it Klein, Mike, that got the OC job with uh, with the Saints. So he, and I think the other the other kid, Klein, I don't think he's in football anymore. But uh, anyway, yeah, Gary's got he's got lots of connections as far as uh, the NFL. And he knows what it's, oh, Clint, what it's like. Sorry. Yeah, Clint yeah. got the job. Clint the got the job, yep. yeah. His kids are Clint and Klein. Uh, yeah. Both spell with K's, too. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it was obviously planned. We want to go with the K's. We're yeah. So the their initials are KK. KK. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I, I think what he's, what he's talking about, and I like the, the quote, which I hadn't, you know, he says, what do they say? And I'm like, I, I don't know, Gary. Uh, apparently what they say is nobody's ever totally ready for that job as far as the head coach. Right. Because all of a sudden you just go, oh, that's right. I'm in charge of that too. And I'm in charge of this. And he's probably got, you know, 10 people coming into his office saying, hey, this is what I do for you. You know, like it was kind of like a, what I was talking about with like practice. The first day of practice, like he, he has a way he wants to practice. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's split the guys up and then everybody's going to have to learn that. 
But same thing, I was just telling you, Bob, I was going through all the names at the, the VMAC and all the different departments, and every department has like 10, 12 people. I mean, he's going to have to get to know all those people and how they support him. And so, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I thought what, what Gary said there, I hadn't thought about that, but it's it's daunting. I mean, all of a sudden, you, you've got, you're in charge of, of everything. We'll talk more about coordinators coming up, but do you think that, that – what you're saying there and just how big of a task it is for a first time head coach or any head coach for that matter. But first time, is it, does it place that much more importance on perhaps having that experienced voice or two on your staff, whether it's a coordinator, whether it's a position coach, just somebody who's kind of been through the grind and can, you can lean on for, all right, in this situation, what did you do or what did you see? Yeah. I would think, especially for McDonald, especially on the defensive side, because then I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you could argue that the offense, I mean, the offensive coordinator you bring in there is going to be, you know, kind of take over the offense. But I don't know. I I think for him trying to – he wants to call plays, I'm sure, and that will probably happen. We'll hear from Mark Richter here in a minute. But, you know, you're going to rely on somebody to kind of help you early on, but for the most part that's going to be all you. And then if you look at it on on the other side of the ball, the offensive coordinator probably not going to spend a whole bunch of time with him Right. Uh, I mean, that's your job is working the defense. So, you're, yeah, I think this offensive coordinator hire is going to be really, to your point, very interesting and very important. Um, you brought up Mark Richt. We had a chance to speak with him yesterday. Great to catch up with him. If you guys missed that conversation, that interview, really good stuff. It's available on the podcast page at seattlesports.com. Uh, he explained what the biggest challenge was for him going from a coordinator position to being the guy in charge, the head coach. And you are definitely the CEO of a multi-million dollar company, and you got a lot of responsibility in a lot of departments, so to speak, that you're that you got to oversee. And the buck does stop with you, and then. Same thing in the NFL, you know, you don't have as many, you don't have to recruit. You can spend most of your time on ball and and, uh, and, and the, the GM type of stuff. You know, it's a different kind of responsibility, but the bottom line is the success or failure rests mostly on the head coach and the quarterback. As an assistant, like I, I was I was under Coach Bowden, and there was times I'd question, why did he do what he did? I don't get it. And, uh, and then, But then you sit in the chair and you realize there's a lot of things the head coach knows that no one else knows. And he's making decisions based on what he knows, not what you know. <laughs> it's kind of it's cool realization. What if, why, why would you do that? Then he's the man gone. I get it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like that. Well, and the other thing, I would say in this regard, big shoes to fill uh, with Pete Carroll. Um, John Kristoff, who was his kind of bodyguard, you know, uh, security detail, whatever you want to call it. I call it his his copper. Yeah. Uh, John he, he would always talk about Pete, and like he was constantly on the go. I would get a chance to talk to him, but he was always within 20 feet of Pete. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's like, got to go, got to go, got to go. And, you know, he said Pete told him, look, I take more pictures than Santa Claus. So, you know, I'm going to be on the move constantly. I mean, that's – I think a lot of people are used to that energy. Yeah. And Mike McDonald may not have that. So I think that's one thing that might be a little bit, uh, you know, getting used to and – but, you know, I wonder how many people are going to come into his office, say, hey, I do this, I do that. Um, it's it's going to be – he's going to be tired at the end of the day here he's for gonna, about three weeks. The wall behind his desk will be full of Polaroids like in Seinfeld with people's yeah. picture and their name written on it. So he <laughs> yeah, can look at them and then turn to the wall and go, oh, Dave, oh, good to talk to you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it's it's a lot, man. You're right. It's a lot to take in. Everything's new. Everything, you know, he's probably figuring out how to get around. You know, where where's the bathroom? Where's yeah. the, where do I go to eat? Where's the film room? You know, so it's everything is new down to just the minute details there. But in looking at this press conference yesterday, we all walked away going, yeah, I like what I heard. I liked his demeanor. And and it's certainly different than others. And we'll we'll get into uh, we'll get into what Jim Harbaugh said in his press conference. But was there anything you wanted to hear him say? That you didn't, that he didn't say. Yeah, I mean, if it was convenient, totally for me, and and tailored and structured for my enjoyment, I would have said, "Could I get a list of your your coaches?" I mean, that's the part I think. You know, you, anything you, realistically, yeah, you could have said. Yeah, you asked that question. I was like, "Yeah, that's the only thing." I mean, I, I like. I don't know how much he can tell you about himself. He's a fairly young guy. He's had plenty of experiences, but, you know, really, that's that's what everybody's waiting for now. Uh, and I, I thought that was one of the more interesting things while, and I'll, I'll be curious to hear from John the process, because when you're going in and talking to these guys, is it like, hey, I kind of have an idea for an offensive coordinator for you, or is it... It's all on you. Yeah, you know, you you get a. What's your sense? I mean, you know, John. Do you? I feel like they're gonna. It's gonna be a team effort. Like they're yeah. gonna be working together. Like, hey, here's a guy. Like, what do you think of him? And they'll they'll come to that decision together. But I could be a thousand percent wrong. Yeah, I I could see it that way because you know John, and also I could see it like if. I don't think John's going to be overly overbearing about it, you know, like, hey, this is what we want. I think it's going to be, hey, what do you think of this guy? Well, you know, here's what I was thinking, and those two collaborate. You know, I think that that would be more likely what happens. But I don't know. If, I, if I'm John, like, I, I hear stories about, like, how some of the position coaches will get involved in the draft, you know, and start talking about, well, that guy, I don't like him coming out of college and stuff. And I'm like, that that's not really your job. Your job is to to coach them up. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that you don't know what you're looking at, but the college scouts are the ones that go out and you know and they get that information. And you know, I, I feel like yeah, that's that's kind of something I, I, where you kind of stay in your lane a little bit. And I would think that John would sort of defer to him a little bit if it's if it's about coaching, and then vice versa. What about coordinators? Would you want your your defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator to have a say, or at least be able to go? You know, whoever, hey, Dave Wyman, you're our defensive coordinator. What do you think of this linebacker we're looking at, at in the third round? I mean, just to get somebody's opinion. I, to oh, me, yeah. there's value in that. Maybe not down the line to the, here's the secondary coach's opinion, and here's the, the assistant right. secondary coach's opinion. Maybe just the coordinators at least. Yeah, no, I, and I think also uh, coaches can can also – chime in there's no question about that it's just that when you shut a guy down yeah. because you know it's like oh well our our receiver coach says he can't work with that guy or or whatever um yeah i'd i feel like that's that's kind of what the scouts are there for and so you know and i think that there's a healthy that's the one thing i, I remember john saying last year that with clint hurt and those guys that those guys were pretty friendly with the personnel department like they kind of work together mm-hmm. i think there can be this this whole thing of number one from the scout side it's like hey i went and got this guy why aren't you playing him yeah and then for the you know for the other side there's probably a number of coaches that are like yeah i saw that puka nakua guy and he looked really good and how come we didn't take him so you know there's that that whole i think the the coordination i think between those two departments is really key yeah especially around draft time but just building the team in general and that's it's kind of what they're doing right now mostly it's about coaches but I'll be I'll be curious also just to see if guys like Larry Izzo and you know who's the special teams coordinator, 
and we heard Carl Scott yesterday, and then who else kind of hangs around? Yeah, I mean, these guys got to hit the ground running. I mean, the draft is going to be here before you know it. The combine's going to be here. The 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 individual workouts, the senior bowls this weekend. I mean, it just it's immediate and it's going to be constant. There's something happening from this day forward. Essentially, yeah. you know, whether you're looking at guys even in the Pro Bowl, like you know, that guy's a free agent, man. He could he could really fit with what we do, or I don't know how deep they go into scouting, you know, free agents and everything right now. But I would imagine their work is 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 intense and it's already started. Now, as far as what we didn't hear, or what you what you did hear, was there something you just stood out and you're like, man, I liked hearing him say that. Yeah, when he said we're going to be a physical team, <laughs> as you predicted yesterday, that was that was really exciting to me. I, I just. I think that's the number one thing in football. It's getting lost right now. I'm sorry. I mean, we're going into the Pro Bowl weekend where it's going to be a flag football deal. Um, I just, the teams that hit and go as hard as they possibly can, and you see guys like I mentioned in that Houston Ravens game where the two D tackles just obliterated the running back out on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. They were just flying around. And so, you know, to me, that's... That's where that's what this game is about. It's a physical game, and I know everybody wants to be cerebral about it. And but really, it comes down to, you know, if you uh, if you have the bigger club, you're going to win. Okay, we're going caveman days here, yeah. Bob. <laughs> well, here's a here's a thought from Mike McDonald when he was speaking with Bump and Stacy yesterday on what they want to achieve on the defensive side of the ball. You're always trying to dictate terms as best as you can to the offense, and that's easier said than done because the offense is trying to do the same thing to you. So there's a little bit of a back and forth to that. And I think one of the principles of the organization as I sat in, in Baltimore is we want to be aggressive and we want to be pushing the envelope. And so how do you do that while having being smart with the resources that you're allocating? You know, you want to have maximal return for minimal investment. I mean, it's easy to blitz zero every snap if you want and you can apply pressure that way, but you can also do it mentally and by how you play and the things you're presenting to the offense because they got a lot of stuff going on over there too. And obviously those guys are pros and there's a lot of great coaches out there, but if you can apply pressure over games, you know, that's that's hard to, to do consistently for 60 minutes. I think what, he, what he's saying there, the, that part about, you know, manufacturing it or sort of, you know, um, showing pressure, basically. Is it the illusion of complexity? Yeah. Exactly. That's what he's talking about there. So, yeah, and you know, like he, he said, he's more likely to go on on the aggressive side, and I, I love that. I would love to see our defenders turned loose, and I think that's where, really, when you look at some of the underperformance last year, like Reek Woolen, and you know, and I don't, I don't know if maybe Daryl Taylor falls into that that category, but you turn your guys loose and, and allow them to go and play. You know, with with abandon, I mean, I, I feel like that is is going to help this group. And you know, he seems to have that that philosophy. But you know, look, it's not going to be like they're like he said, they're not going to be cover zero. You know, they're which means you have nobody on the back end. Everybody's man to man. You're sending you know seven guys, six guys. You know, they they can do that effectively, but it's you know there's some in between. So it's not like we're going to see these ridiculous blitzes on every single play. All right, a reminder, Washington's biggest night out in sports is coming up on February 15th. It's the 89th Annual Sports Star of the Year Awards, crowning our state's biggest stars and stories of 2023. You can find tickets and info at seattlesports.com slash events. Let's take two. 
Well, the Huskies coaching staff already has Pete Carroll's son on it. Now it could have Bill Belichick's son. Field Yates reports that uh, Steve Belichick is interviewing for the defen- for a defensive job on Jed Fish's staff, and Belichick, the younger one, called plays for the Patriots' defense the last four seasons. He's the one with the uh, the cool mullet and the uh, tongue that seems to have yeah, a mind of its own. <laughs> I remember the mullet. I don't know what the uh, what the tongue thing is. Yeah, there's somebody had put together a, a series of clips of him just. Just and this doesn't work on radio. I'm showing Dave, yeah. but uh, go on the yeah. Uh, for those of you watching on the, on the stream, stream, he just seems like when he's getting intense, he's kind of bent over, hands on the knees, kind of like Vrabel, except he's looking at the field. He's looking of, up instead of down. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> uh, and then the tongue just starts to make an appearance, like his lips are dry, or just I don't know. Somebody put together, spliced together a bunch of clips of it, and it was funny and creepy. I wonder if Belichick appreciates that, or is it like everywhere I go with this name, there's a certain high expectation? Yeah. Or is think. it hey, it's getting me a job? Probably it'll, both. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, and I don't even know what kind of guy he is. I mean, we haven't really we haven't really heard from him that much. So, but yeah, that'll be interesting. This is pretty cool. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was just named the head coach at his former high school, Miami Northwestern, which has churned out dozens of NFL players, including a, a guy we talked to about this, Artie Burns of the Seahawks. That's right. When you said Miami Northwestern, oh, that sounds familiar. But yeah, I remember when Artie Burns was going through the list of players that played on his high school team yeah i mean ridiculous there was like six nfl players how about bridgewater though he you know before that knee injury he seemed like he was just about to break through he just had all this potential and promise and then it was a non-contact injury in practice right it was so weird so weird and he had like a dislocation like it was yeah which is it altered his career yeah well and and i the same thing i mean there's when you dislocate your knee, there's a chance you could lose your leg. You know, if the nerve damage or whatever. And I think he did have a little bit of nerve damage, but he was on a, a path. Like, you look at his rookie year, he actually played played pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he got better and better. And then for that to happen in a non-contact drill, he didn't even get hit. Yeah. That's the weirdest. I really, every time I hear his name, I always feel feel bad for him because, you know, he, he was really on a trajectory trajectory to be a really good quarterback and just such a freak accident. Yeah, and then he was he was a backup. Was he with the Saints, I think, for a bit as a backup? He was on a couple teams as Everywhere. a backup. Lions most recently, too. Yeah, and it just, yeah. you know, never never got back to that, that former glory, if you will, but good for him. Good for him out there coaching high school kids, and uh, that, that'll be a cool transition. So, Take Two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife. Swedish.org slash Cyberknife Prostate. Coming up, Jim Harbaugh is unique. We know that. But would more of that style be what the Seahawks need? We'll get into that. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Coming up at 3 o'clock today, Lofa Tatupu will join us on the program, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Dave Wyman's all-time favorite Seahawk. Always a fun conversation with him. We'll roll the tape, as we said, at 3.30. Ray Roberts, Big Ray, will join us at 4 o'clock. And it is Friday, which means we've got mean text, so go ahead, get creative. 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, meanwhile, we saw... I don't. Did you see many of the clips of uh, Jim Harbaugh in his press conference yesterday with the I, Chargers? I, I saw enough. <laughs> uh, no, Dave just I, found something that's bugging him. Was, it yeah. was. It wasn't anything that made you go. Ah, oh, I wish you were here. No, no, no. I don't think. 
that wouldn't have been a mess, right? Like the way John talks and Mike McDonald talk, it's like they're both kind of humble and they're, you know, they sort of are in awe of the game and, you know, that whole thing. And Jim kind of comes in and, you know, pistols blazing. We're going to win a Super Bowl championship here. Yeah. Yeah. We got, well, here he is. He goes through a, a movie analogy to describe how oh, excited boy. he is to be the Chargers head coach. I think about uh, if I could describe it to you, it'd be like, it'd be like Morgan Freeman. And Shawshank Redemption, you know, red, you know, I'm so, I'm so excited that I, I, I find I, you know, I can't sit still or, or hold a thought in my head, you know, uh, what a free man would feel before a long journey. And uh, I just want to make it across the border, want to uh, shake my friend's hand. That's, that's how I feel. And uh, I want to get, uh, you know, want to win. Horrible description. <laughs> Horrible description. If you had never seen Shawshank Redemption, you're going, what in the hell is he talking about? Even though I've seen the movie a million times, I'm going, wait, what? What did you say? Okay. You know, <laughs> I, so I hate when people say this, but that was a really good book by Stephen King. It was called uh, Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. And it was in the same. There was like a. There was like four stories, different seasons. It was called different seasons. Exactly. Also had a apt pupil and the one that um, the Stand Body. by Me is based on. Yeah, mm. it was called the Body. And then the other one was about. Um, it was called the Breathing Method. Remember, and it was about this lady who got her head chopped off and still gave birth to a baby. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a love story. Since I've read that one. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean that that was a it was a good analogy, and the, you know the words he used there, like I can't hold a thought in my head because he says that. Before he goes to to Mexico to you know jump yeah. to to do something the first time he'd ever done anything illegal so um, or since whenever he committed his crime but uh, yeah he he did that earlier with um, when he was talking about a few good men remember he said I'm gonna be up there thundering away he used a Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> You know, some kind of a quote or something. <laughs> He's such an odd... Well, and you brought up his other line here where I guess if you're a Charger fan, you like this sort of enthusiasm and confidence. I don't know if it creates an expectation, but uh, he talked about his goal for the Chargers. You know, one of the one of the great cities there there is. Um, you know, one thing I know is, is uh, Los Angeles, Southern California, uh, they respect talent, effort, and winning, and uh, and it needs to be multiple, multiple championships. Uh, and that's we're going to be hum, humble and hungry, uh, but you know that's our goal. Hmm. He's just there's just an awkwardness to him. Just, he does, yeah. And if you compare that to to Mike McDonald, who's a lot younger, I mean, I think Jim Harbaugh is old enough to be Mike McDonald's dad. Mm-hmm. He, um, yeah, I felt like Mike McDonald was like. His thoughts were more concise and concise and put together. And he had actually there was a beginning, a middle, and an end. Enjoy the awkwardness of Harbaugh. He just is. He's like, I was watching it, and it almost made me kind of uncomfortable. You're kind of like, okay, get it out, spit it out. You're just there's something uncomfortable about him speaking. And did you feel that when you were listening to that clip just now? Little bit. He's I was so, kind of squirming. Yeah, like, he's just an awkward dude. I mean, he's a great coach. We've talked about it a million times. The guy wins everywhere he goes. So yeah. this isn't anything about his coaching prowess, but it's just who he is. And he's become so much more awkward as he's gotten older. Because you watch early interviews with him as a as a player, he wasn't like that. Yeah. So as he's gotten older, he's just gotten kind of goofy, and his deliveries kind of stunted at times. I don't know. It's just it's hard to describe. If you just go look at him on 
put him up on the Google and look at him as a player doing an interview and listen to how he speaks now and how much he's different. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was a lot different when who was it that we were we were hearing from that had played with him and was like, Yeah, he was really actually a very normal person back yeah, then. Yeah, he was I'm trying to remember who it was, but um you know what the, the one thing about that though, sort of the absent minded professor and then same thing with Mike McDonald that, you know, he talked he kind of gave himself a hard time about his monotone. Yeah. And and how, you know, he doesn't but that's not did he know, say, I, I, I have a sense of humor or something like that? Yeah. I, I swear it'll come out or something something right. about his humor. But he's but he's pretty serious. And, yeah. and you're like, that's okay. I don't mind if he's a little bit eccentric. Like, he does something that's very specific. I mean, how many people are can say, hey, I, I might be one of the top 10 football coaches in the entire world. You know, Harbaugh could probably say that. So you, you want a little bit of quirkiness. You want, I don't want him to be polished in any other uh, any other way other than being a football coach. And that's kind of what comes through with Harbaugh. I told you when he came up here and met the Stanford people and he wanted to turn the, the stadium into uh, the house of pain. Nobody, <laughs> it did not catch on at all, except I was fired up in the back of the room. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that, Jim. But yeah, just always very awkward with, uh, you know, when, when he talks and what, what he's all about. And I, I kind of like that. Like it, he's like the eccentric, genius yeah do you do you like what he said though more importantly in terms of it's got to be multiple championships now does that create a, a ridiculous expectation with a fan base or do you look at it as all right that's a guy who's just trying to ingratiate himself to the new f- fan base and the the organization and everybody or how do you how do you take that when you're going not just one it's got to be multiple championships yeah i think he believes it i do and i i i think that's that's that fits him you know, and the question kind of was, well, you know, what if what if McDonald comes in and he's like that? I'm like, he's 36 years old. He's never been a head coach before. You're like he doesn't I mean, know any better. Come on, you know that would be, it just wouldn't be him, and it doesn't sound like that's him. But that's that's Jim Harbaugh. To be to be fair, yeah. To what you hear there, that is him. He's, he's gonna be awkward. He's yeah. authentic. You're right, and everybody, you, Schlereth, everybody that's played. And Moyer has said, just give me somebody who's authentic because the right. guys will sniff you out if you're putting on an act. Absolutely. I, like I, Dan Campbell, same yeah. thing. Uh, 310 checking in saying, just say coherent, Dave. Mike McDonald is more coherent. <laughs> <laughs> As in, Jim Harbaugh is totally incoherent. Uh, and then the 661, uh, I guess that's California as well. Listening to Harbaugh right now, thank God he's not our coach. Awkward. <laughs> I think he'd be a tremendous coach. I mean, I don't know that the – I still haven't heard what he's been given in the way of authority around there. I don't know if he's – I find it hard to believe that maybe he's just the coach. He's going to have some personnel say and maybe duties that extend beyond just being a head coach, and that was sort of the belief going in. We'll find out. But I don't know. If he were the coach here, I would I would have, lo- I would have had a lot of confidence that he's going to win because that's what he does. Now, my, my concern would have been how long – does he last? How long until he starts to wear thin with people? Yeah. Well, and it's um, the guy who they hired as the GM, Joe Hortiz. We were just talking about him the other day. Never heard of him. And I think he, I think he used to be uh, with. I think he used to be with Baltimore. But anyway, yeah. It'll. I, I feel like he's going to be in charge there. That's going to be all him, and there wouldn't be much of a collaboration. You know, and I think if he was working with John Schneider, I feel like John would be like, hey, I got this guy, and, you know, what what do you think? And Harbaugh, no, no, no way, man. I got this guy. This is the guy I want. I, I kind of feel like that's the, the way that relationship would have gone, and they weren't looking for that. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I I kind of root for his success because I think the NFL with him in it is kind of interesting with Harbaugh, and we'll we'll see. You know, Chargers they they deserve to have a winner. They've got by all accounts a phenomenal young quarterback. Maybe he gets them where they need to go. But I just like his awkwardness. Said, I find entertaining. Yeah. The, the NFL is just a better place with Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Isn't it? As awkward as he is, as much as he just annoyed the holy hell out of us as Seahawks fans when he was the 49ers head coach, it, it was it made it interesting. It made it intense, and I, I miss it. I miss it. Dude. It was fun to hate, man. I don't like respecting the uh, Kyle Shanahan and not, not having issue with him other than him being with the 49ers. I mean, he hasn't. He's got to say something to tick us off. We got to get that going. But uh, no, it's uh, good for Jim Harbaugh. He wants multiple titles out there. We'll see if he's able to achieve that. Coming up, always an adventure with this one. What's bugging Bob? What's bugging us? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on Seven Ten. What's bugging Bob? It could be traffic. Hey, 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 hey. It might be Angels fans. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you. And it's definitely Stephen A. Smith. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's time to find out what's bugging Bob. What's bugging Bob presented by Issaquah Pest Control. Coming up at 3 o'clock, former Seahawks linebacker Lofa Tatupu will join us on the program. We'll get his take and insight on the new head coach for your Seattle Seahawks. So stick around for that. But uh, we do this a few times a week. We always start with Matt. Matt's always good to get this thing kicked off. Unless you got something that's just burning you right now, Dave. Well, it's, what's bugging me right now is that Matt got us started on the conversation about uh, Stephen King. And now <laughs> can't stop talking about it. Yeah, the thing that really bugged me was the start of this segment because it meant we had to stop talking about Stephen King. Yeah, <laughs> prefer if we just did that well, for the rest of the it, day. It is amazing. I'll say this before we move on: is you guys are talking about it that how, how prolific that guy has been in terms of the number of books he's written and the number of books that have been turned into movies, good or bad. Yeah, it's, oh, and I thought it's funny to me. The Shining, I thought, was the best ad- adaptation like up to that point. Because there's a great book by called The Stand, which is super long, and they tried to make a made-for-TV series about it, which was not very good. And then I felt like the first It, which It was was creepy. That was a scary read. Same thing with Pet Cemetery. And then you're telling me that, or was it you that he didn't like? No, he didn't like uh, the adaptation. Yeah, Stephen King didn't like Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. See, and I, I was like, I was like, Stanley Kubrick's the first guy to ever bring one of Stephen King's books really and do it justice, and he didn't like it. That's that's, that's interesting. It is considerably different than the book, so from that perspective, I yeah. kind of get it. But mm. yeah, I mean, it's it's such a good movie. It's one of those that the book and the movie are so different that I think I can enjoy both. Whereas a lot of his adaptions just don't live up because it's the same thing but less. Uh, All right. Moving on. Sorry. Sure we can't talk more? I I can tell you that the listeners will start chiming in. (laughs) I'll tell you what's bugging me. Not talking sports. Hearing about (laughs) Stephen King. Who cares? Uh, Yeah, but we we really don't give a crap about the textures. (laughs) This is the one segment we don't have to talk about sports. Let's turn it into a Stephen King segment. This is is one Matt feels good about being a part of this segment. It's the Uh, only one I feel qualified to talk during. What's bugging you, Matt? The thing that's bugging me today, also not sports, sorry, uh, Groundhog's Day. Is that still a thing? It is still a thing. I got the Paisatani Phil. Like they do the whole ceremony out there, and every year they still do it. I got the little CNN news alert. He predicted an early spring this year. Oh, an early spring. Well, that's good news. But you know what I found out? 
according to Wikipedia, he is only right 35 to 41% of the time. Mm. Less than 50. That's not good. Why are we bothering? He's not good at this. <laughs> Why do we still pay attention to this groundhog? I, I don't know. I, I lost interest after the movie. Movie was great, and then I didn't know it was still a thing. I, I, I guess I did hear that town has been turned into a tourist attraction where they filmed all the different scenes. Yeah, right? Puxatani like, is just like, that's their whole thing as a city is just Groundhog's Day. It's hmm. insane. What about you, Lefko? You're back there cracking up at, I, at Matt, Matt has graphs and uh, percentages and all that. We need a new animal. That's what it sounds like, right? <laughs> we need a new picker. There's a Wikipedia page where they have all of his like guesses, and don't, it's it's making for a fascinating read. Don't they have like you know they always have animals or or different creatures pick the the outcomes of the Super Bowl and things. There's an octopus that picks a winner, and they got a monkey that picks the winner here. Maybe they should move on to that. Maybe they should find a hmm. different non-human too i mean anything that gets like at least 50 percent, you'd think would be the minimum yeah uh i'm just looking at somebody said something about harbaugh some crazy quotes from him um he offers simple reason for choosing chargers after winning national title with michigan i told my wife this should i tell them he says, laughing, and then he says, okay, so I want to drive my RV out. I'm now bugged that Dave's spoiling something we to have a later trailer in park. the show. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny. I know. We're going to hear it later in the show. Yeah, we can bring it up later. Okay. Can we hear it twice? You're going to ruin it by reading it. Is there people? Oh, I'm going to ruin it. Yeah. Okay. Keep reading. Sorry. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Well, now we're all sitting there going, well, what do, how does this end? No, it's just, so, it's just crazy Jim Harbaugh. You know, he's he's talking about going out in his RV. I mean, this is an actual quote. And, you know, go down by the water or by Disneyland. There are two that I've researched that are that are close to the facility. I want to Jim Rockford it for the next couple of months. I Jim mean, Rockford it. <laughs> what, does what does that mean? <laughs> was that Rockford? Uh, was that, he oh, was Rockford like a, Files? Uh, yeah, Rockford Files. He was an James investigator Garner. or something. James Garner. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not sure what Jim Rockfording it means. Yeah, but. <laughs> I don't either. But yeah, he he is nuts. Yeah. All right. Lefko, did you have anything, or are you just the graphs that Matt had up? No, I'm bugged by Dave now. No, I have something actually. <laughs> uh, we will hear the audio of that. So yeah, if you want to hear Jim Harbaugh in his weird way say that, that'll happen at uh, 3:45. But uh, okay, so I haven't been to a concert like a big concert in. Oh, probably three or four years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, Justin Timberlake, it's happening. Tickets went on sale. Jumped in. Bought them. The problem is the fees. I mean, everyone knows this. You've been at concerts. The Ticketmaster fees were equal to the price I paid for the tickets. (sighs) Insane. Did you get good seats? I don't know. They're decent. They're pretty good. But I didn't want to go higher up because knowing what the fees were, like, you know, there are various price points. I'm like, oh, those look pretty good. Okay, here's the price. Knowing the fees would be exorbitant, not realizing they'd be essentially what I paid for the tickets, uh, I did not go higher. So that'll yeah. be a pretty good seat. All right. Just get in the building, right? Well, here's here's a tip. for If you don't absolutely have to go, you're not dying to go, you'll want to go, but if you don't go, it's not going to alter your life. You, you look on the secondary market the day of the event, a few hours out. Panic sets in, prices go you're going to get a very good Except price. Except if it's Taylor Swift. You should Except hear horror stories Taylor, when well, that's, people here were trying to get to that concert. That's an obvious exception. But, uh, you know, for for most concerts, you, you do that. You wait. You sift through all the people that jump in early, all the ticket brokers buy early, and they crank up the price. And then they're sitting there with a bunch of tickets the day of the event, a few hours before, and they just want to get something, to, some return on their investment. You're mm-hmm. going to get a good price. If you can stand to miss it, you take that chance. But... 
more often than not, it works out. Yeah. So next time. The system that. they have, though. It's a, it's a monopoly there. So, oh, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's the, the fees are absurd. Yeah. And plus, you don't even know what they are. It'll just right. say handling fee and processing fee. It's like nothing's being handled or processed. You don't even get a paper ticket. You're printing it out yourself. So there, or, or, or it's well, on your phone. It's, or I would say, or you can keep it on your phone. Well, but. exactly, but there's no nobody's doing anything. Right. You're no, yeah, it's it's all it's all nonsense. My prediction is that nobody's going to want tickets or anything like that on their phone. I think going forward, people are going to go with paper. Everything else come, becomes cool again. I mean, records became awesome again. Everybody loves vinyl now. Yeah, and then now cassettes, cassettes are making a comeback. Really, the worst platform to to experience music how about the eight track yeah some are making as novelties like you'll you'll hear about so-and-so's got a new record coming out available on cd uh vinyl cassette and eight track yeah so you can get uh, those three songs interrupted by exactly right junk, junk, <laughs> or changing it, it, that's tracks. if you happen to have an eight track player yeah. do they exist i don't know but yeah they, they get manufactured as novelties for some of these new releases but yeah, what's old becomes new again. So I think you're right, Dave. I think at some point the paper ticket will be a thing because people want to collect the the stubs like they did back in the days, and and uh, it'll be cool again. I don't know. The soundtrack for uh, the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out on cassette. I bought it. I'm not proud of it. You bought the cassette? I did. Do I you, fell for it. Do you have a cassette player? No, I do not. <laughs> yeah, it so, is a piece of plastic that sits on my shelf. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's what 8-tracks are doing. Why'd you buy it then? Because I'm an idiot, Dave. He's a collector. Because it had a Marvel picture on it, and I was like, oh, well, I have to have that. He's not alone. He's in the majority of the, when the fans get onto something, they got to have each version of it. Yeah. So, yeah, it becomes a collectible. They don't actually use it or play it. Remember my brother had a little Ford pickup truck with the roll bar and then the big KC lights? Yeah. Do you remember? And the brush guard in the front, That how cool that was back in the 80s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had an 8-track player in his car my dad had an eight track in his he had yeah. a work truck and there was an eight track player in it and he used to have to he'd put like a matchbook underneath the eight track because it wasn't sitting right it wasn't lining up <laughs> yeah. with the heads right, right. It, was, it was so janky <laughs> yeah you're right in the middle of for those that have never heard an eight track it would change tracks in the middle of your song so it would start to fade out in the middle of a guitar solo and then you'd hear click click and then it would fade back in yeah. where it left off <laughs> and there was always like what Two, maybe three songs that got I interrupted. Can't, I, can't, I was such a little kid. I just remember it yeah. in my dad's truck and hearing that, and then the yeah. song would fade back in. Ugh, inefficient. Just buy the CD. All right, there you go. What's Bugging Bob presented by Issaquah Pest Control. Coming up, what does one former Seahawks star think about the new hire? We'll get Lofa Tatupu's thoughts on Mike McDonald. He's going to join us next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.